0: Mental health and suicide can be challenging topics to talk about, especially with young people. Unseen is an award-winning short film that has been created specifically for that purpose. The film and accompanying resources were created to help you have a hopeful conversation with someone who is struggling. Unseen has been shown to thousands of young people across the U.S. and Ireland and sparked countless positive conversations leading to openness and vulnerability. Download the film and resources for free at unseenfilm.org. Welcome to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. Here you will find a variety of podcasts from authors, bloggers, and speakers ready to encourage you on your daily journey. I can't wait to get started, and now let's listen to today's show. I hope you enjoy this wonderful audio, which is from the Ultimate Homeschool Expo Archive collection. Sometimes the websites and products no longer exist. However, these audios are timeless, and the information is amazing. So let's get started and listen to this wonderful audio.
1: Hi, and welcome to all of you joining us tonight. This is our flagship episode of the Mommy Jammy Nights.
2: We have
1: so enjoyed presenting these. First, it started off with um, one presentation that we did during our Ultimate Homeschool Expo, and um, everyone enjoyed it so much, and so did I, that we decided to make it a monthly occurrence throughout the year. So you can join us on, um, usually it's the first or second Tuesday of the month, and if you are on our website, you'll want to sign up for our Ultimate Homeschool Expo mailing list, and that way you can... Stay up to date with all that's going on here. Well, today I have a very special guest, and her name is Judy Dudit.
2: Welcome, Judy. Thanks, Felice. Hi. It's so great to be here.
1: We have been so blessed um, to get to know you in your heart as you've ministered to those in the chat room. And so tonight I'm going to sit back and listen to you. For those of you listening to this in the archives, there is a handout, so be sure you go Uh, to Judy Dudich's um, folder on the the website, and there you'll find where her audio is. There will be a link to this handout. For those of you listening live, um, the handout link uh, should be pasted in so that you can print that out and have that with you um, as she shares. All right, Judy, I am going to sit back and listen and be blessed. I so need this talk tonight. So.
2: Okay, great. Thank you. Well, thanks for the great welcome, and for those of you who don't know me, my name is Judy Dudich, and I'm from Pennsylvania, and my husband, Tom, and I are blessed with ten children, eight of whom are still here learning alongside of us each day, and um, the last six of those eight came in seven years' time, so... While you've been journeying in your daily family life, we have been on a great learning curve ourselves, and it's really exciting to be here. I haven't missed a Mommy's Night all summer long until September. We had a big power outage here, and that was the first one I missed, and I was so sad. I told Felice to have missed that, but um, I don't know if you're like me. When it's getting close to Mommy's Night, I keep opening the cupboard door where the calendar is, And I don't know, it's like I think if I open it enough times it makes it come quicker or something. But it's great to be here. And um, my husband and I, Tom, we own a Homeschool Faith and Family Life website. And if you visit us there, we thank you. And if you've never been there, we invite you. And in the handout tonight, you'll see a link to our website. We strive to uplift and encourage and support families in their daily life journey. And if we could tonight, I'd like to just pause for a minute and start with prayer. Father, we thank you for allowing us all to gather here in your presence this evening. We ask that you bless each and every woman who has come here tonight seeking fellowship, inspiration, encouragement, and fun. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we may learn to be more gentle with ourselves and surrender all that we are and all that we do to you each day. You know the innermost needs of every mother here, and we ask you to speak to us through our friendship and our time online tonight so that we will learn what you want us to learn and trust that you will provide for our families. May we grow closer to each other and to you, our God. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our talk tonight is called Just Fill the Jars, and it's been, um, Felice has kind of subtitled it, Do Whatever He Tells You, and both of those things really go together. I was just thrilled when I was invited to be the speaker tonight because I have received so much blessing in knowing Candy and Felice and, and being here each month, and this is now a chance for me to give back A little of the joy and blessing that they have given me and if you think about homeschooling mothers I think you'll find that each of us are unique if we were to take every house of homeschooling families across the world and look in the windows I think every scene would be a little bit different right everybody it's like we're called to the same vocation and yet God calls us each for different reasons and to fulfill different missions. But at the same time, I think that we all have a lot of things in common, and as I was preparing the handout that Candy probably has put in the chat room by now, I was thinking, okay, if somebody said, how would you describe the average homeschooling mother? You know, what are the first five adjectives that come to your mind? I kind of wrote mine down there. It was... um, creative and innovative, multitasking, diligent, and devoted. And I'm sure that you could add several more adjectives that you think many of us have in common. But in owning uh, our website, Homeschool Faith and Family Life, one of the greatest blessings is that I literally hear from moms all over the world. When I go into the page where I manage the content pages of our site, One particular page gives me a pie chart, and that lets me see literally who we have reached all over the world. And just there are so many countries with so many women that visit us, and we've been extra blessed in that people email us and they write us letters and they call me on the phone. And some families have even driven a couple hours so that we can meet in person, and it's just wonderful. But something that's been happening this year, another common Thing that I see in homeschooling mothers is that they're too hard on themselves. And so when Felice asked if I would be willing to speak tonight, and I readily accepted, I started to pray and ask God, you know, you can use me here, Lord. What is it that you want these mothers to know about your love? And it came to me that the time has come for you to hear a message of love that encourages you to be more gentle with yourself. And when I think of everyone in their homes on their own marriage journey and family life journey and homeschooling journey, I think of the above and beyond efforts that the average homeschooling mother puts in each day. And you know, most mothers will go that extra mile to learn. They will read, they will study, they will research. They will come online at 9 o'clock at night to listen to people talk (laughs) like you're doing now. They will do basically whatever they need to do in order to learn to be the best mother they can be, to be gentle with their children, to be compassionate, to be forgiving. But for some reason they won't do this with themselves. And so the first question that I have for you tonight is, is this you? Are you being too hard on yourself? In order for us to think about how we have treated ourselves, I wrote down five questions there in your handout, and that is, what does God expect of you as a homeschooling mother? Does he expect you to know everything? Does he expect you to succeed in every endeavor that you set out to accomplish with your children each day? Does he expect your children to go off and score perfectly on those standardized tests and PSATs and ACTs and SATs? Does he expect that you are never to grow tired or weary along the way? Does he expect you never to fail? Now, if you think about those five questions, as I was asking them, I'm sure you were thinking, well, of course not. Of course God does not expect this of me. And so my next question then is, why do you expect it of yourself? And I'm including myself in this. I do this too. We know that the Lord does not expect these things from us, and yet we allow the enemy to convince us to expect them of ourselves. What does God expect of you? Does he expect you to do your best? Does he expect you to surrender to his will and whatever that might be in your family in your day? Does he expect you to persevere? with that stick-to-itiveness to hang in there when the going gets tough? Does he expect you to pray and connect with him during your daily family life journey? Does he expect you to love? Does he expect you to forgive others as well as yourself? And I was answering these questions in my own mind as I was asking them, and I think that pretty much everybody Here tonight would say yes to each of these. This is what God expects of us. What we need to understand is the ideas that come with the last set of questions is really all that God expects of us. Those first five questions we can just throw out the window because that's not the God we have. We have a loving God and an understanding God. And what we need to understand is that the results of our family life journey and the results of our homeschooling endeavors don't belong to us as mothers or as wives. The result belongs to God and to God alone. I'm sure that many of you have read uh, the scripture of John chapter 2, verse 5. We sometimes call that do whatever he tells you. This is one of my favorite stories in Scripture, and if we could gather here every night for a week, I could go on talking about it. I just love everything about this story on so many levels. But if you don't have a Bible nearby tonight, it's the story of really our Lord's first public miracle and the wedding in Cana where he and his mother Mary and the apostles were invited to a wedding, and the bridegroom had run out of wine now i don't know how much you know about jewish tradition they would typically at weddings during that time they would serve their best wine first and um so after people had a little bit in them (laughs) then they could serve the icky and cheap wine and nobody knew the difference so at this point in the wedding the bridegroom had run out of wine which would have been very embarrassing and uh... Mary, Jesus' mother, says to him, you know, the bridegroom has run out of wine. When you read the scripture, at first, when you see our Lord's response, it almost seems like he's being curt with his mother. And he answers, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. So that seems like he's answering her in the negative, doesn't it? But Mary goes on in complete confidence She has complete trust in her son. She has hope, and she persists. She knows that he will provide, and she has confidence in him. And she doesn't let a seemingly negative response make her turn away or not push forth. She turns to the servants, and she says, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever He tells you. And like we said in the beginning, each of our families in our homeschooling journey, we've all been called to the same place, and yet we've all been called here for different reasons. And as mothers, we need to learn to surrender and do whatever He tells us. I want you to ask yourself tonight, are you trusting God completely, with your marriage, and your family life, and the education of your children. And I'm asking myself these same things, so I don't want you to think that I've come here with answers because I've come here with just as many questions (laughs) as you have. But we need to trust as Mary trusted and have confidence that the Lord will provide. We're in a spiritual battle every day when we are homeschooling our children. There is an enemy. That enemy is real. And the closer your family goes to Christ, the more that enemy tries to trip you up. And one of the traps that he loves to use is convincing you that you are responsible for the result. That's why I said a little bit earlier, the results belong to God and God alone. When we all leave here tonight as we go, about the rest of our week, I want you to remember that little saying, whether it's in your interactions with your husband or your children or your neighbor, or at your desk, at your place of work or your business from home. When you are putting in your love and your effort and the result is appearing to be something very different than you had expected or planned for or hoped, I want you to remember that little saying, the result belongs to God and God alone. What the enemy would like us to think is that we're responsible for the result. The reason he wants us to think that is because then when the result does not end up the way we had hoped, we feel like we failed. And moreover, we feel like God has abandoned us. Mary was persistent in her plea to Jesus. And when your results at home are not turning out the way you think they should, we need to persist. We need to persist in our hope and in our faith and in our trust, whether we're talking about our marriage, our school lessons, our ministries, our community service, whatever it is. In Matthew 15:25, we see another woman that's very persistent, the Canaanite woman, she asked Jesus to help her. And again, he seems to answer in a negative way, doesn't he? And this woman persists, and she says, even the dogs can eat the crumbs from their master's table. So again, he seems to have been curt. He seems to have answered. Actually, if you read the whole scripture, he ignores her The first time she asks the question, he doesn't answer at all. And then when she asks the second time, he answers in what seems to be a negative way. But she persists. The result belongs to God, and we must persist in praying that he will provide for us. If we go back to that miracle at the wedding of Cana, and Mary turns to the servants, and she says, Do whatever he tells you. Now, the servants in the story are you and me. We are the servants. And every day in our homeschooling journey, you're going to be tested. Sometimes your faith is going to be tested. Sometimes it's going to be shaken. Do you have a family crisis or if your marriage is struggling, sometimes just getting through the day, just surviving is what we're trying to do, and we are being sorely tested In those times, we need to be like Mary and the Canaanite woman. And again, if you turn to Luke 18, there's the determined widow. Do you know that story? She keeps making a plea for the judge to avenge her. And finally, the judge says, you know, do what she says she's making me grow weary, is essentially what he says. Just give her what she wants. And then the very next part of that scripture says, how much more then will God provide for you? I'm paraphrasing, but it says, How much more will a God who loves you and who does not grow weary of you provide for you? All of these women, and I'm sure we could find others like Monica who prayed for 20 years for her son to come into the church. All of these women had complete trust. And they persisted until their need was met. Not only did they trust that their needs would be met, but they kept connecting to the Lord and making their plea until their need was met. Now think of that scripture if you have a Bible and you can turn to John chapter 2. What does Jesus do next when Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you? The next thing he does is turn to them and say, fill the jars with water. Now these jars back in these times, they were used for ceremonial washing. And each one, there were six jars, as the scripture tells it, this story. Each of those jars held approximately 30 gallons of liquid. So we're talking 180 gallons of water that he wants them to put in these jars. And I don't know if you have ever, you know, taken an empty milk gallon and rinsed it and then filled it up at the sink. You can leave it sit under the spigot. You can wipe your counter, sweep your floor. It's still filling. So just imagine these poor servants (laughs) trying to fill 180 gallons of water and then they filled it to the brim. And what I want to say to you mothers gathered here tonight is that we must do the same we are the servants the jars are our journey and our family life and the love that you give your family each day and the effort with which you serve them and nurture them and teach them is the water and one of the other things I told you there was So many things I love about this scripture story. One of the most things I love about it, have you ever pondered this fact? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He's fully man, he is fully God. He's our omnipotent, mighty God. Did he need that water to make wine? Have you ever asked yourself that when you're reading that scripture verse? Did Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, need the servants to put that water in there in order to perform his miracle? He could have brought that wine into existence by merely calling it to be, by commanding it, let there be wine. So why then does he ask them to put water in the jars? It's an invitation, and he's giving each of you and myself the same invitation every day in our family. He's inviting those servants to take part in that miracle, and he's inviting you to take part in the divine work he is performing in the soul of your husband and each of your children and in your own soul. He's giving us a great opportunity to take part in his divine plan. I'm sure you've heard the saying that homeschooling mothers are educating for eternity. You could probably go to any number of blogs or articles or books or online, and somewhere you'll see that little phrase, we are educating for eternity. What we need to remember is within that Realm of educating for eternity, there's a much larger picture at hand than what we can sometimes see in the daily grind of what we do each day with our children at home. There's a much larger picture. It's more than just checking off those items in our planner, and it's certainly more than measuring what we have accomplished against our friends or our neighbors or our support group or our co-op. We have a God that will accept even the smallest effort that we make if we have given it to him with a joyful and a willing heart. But in learning to be more gentle with yourself, you need to understand, I need to understand, that we cannot provide the wine. Most of us here, I think, are Christians, although many come from a a diverse group of denomination or backgrounds or churches, some people home church, some people are Protestant, some are Catholic, but we all come with a common understanding that we cannot earn our salvation, right? I think most of you would agree. That is a gift that was given to us freely by Jesus. And there is nothing that we can ever offer to the Lord that merits our salvation. In the same way, there is nothing we can do to make the liquid we pour into our jar already wine. All of our tasks, all of our good deeds, all of our efforts as wives and mothers and homeschooling instructors, all they can ever be are water. But the message of love that I want to give you tonight is that that's okay. We need to learn to accept the fact that outside of Christ, we don't have any worth. He is what gives us our worth. And we need to push forth and fill our jars anyway with love, because that's all he expects. The same enemy that wants to convince us that we're responsible for the result, also wants to convince us not to fill our jar because we think we're not good enough. If we stop filling that jar because we think we're not capable or we think the mother in our homeschool group does it better than us or we think we're not good enough or we think we have sinned in some way that God just can't forgive, If we stop filling our jar for those reasons, we are sinning against the Lord's mercy and his charity. And this is a tool that Satan will use. And it's a tool that if you leave it unchecked in your heart, it will lead you to despair, especially in the homeschooling journey. Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to say, we are not called to be successful, only faithful. And I think every homeschooling mother should heed that wisdom and that comment. God is not calling you to be successful. He's only calling you to be faithful. He doesn't have a status quo that we need to meet. There's not a certain level of success, whether it's monetary or intellectual or business success that we need to achieve. These are things that are self-induced, and they are a skewed way of thinking the way the enemy wants you to think. All the Lord wants us to do is love, and to love as he loves. If you wake up every day and you try your best, whatever your family situation is, to provide a safe and loving atmosphere for your child or your children, and you give them an opportunity to know God and to love him and serve him, then you are being faithful. And mothers, I want you to know that if you do those things and your child rejects that teaching or fails in their school or grows up and walks out and takes a path in life that is completely opposed to your conviction and your belief, that's okay. It's in God's hands and he will work that out in his time and in his way. You are not responsible for the result. We need to call upon God in those times to see us through. And he will not forsake us. He will never forsake the tears of a mother's heart. And he will always take the water in your jar and turn it into wine. Not only any wine, but the best wine. If you go back to that scripture story and you read the end of it, somebody goes to the bridegroom and says what is this you have saved your best wine for last and it may be in your family life journey that we don't get to see the result we're hoping for while our children are still at home in fact we may not even get to see it while we're still here on earth but we can believe and trust like those women the canaanite woman mary the mother of jesus the poor widow We can trust that God will bring forth his best wine from our water. He will provide a result that does not forsake a mother's tears. By the same token, if we're raising our children and they go on to Yale or Harvard or they're climbing to the tippy top of a corporate ladder and they're living a life of luxury, they're making tons of money, but they've never been told the good news by their parents. They've never learned compassion for their fellow man. They've never learned about the joy in serving others or how to love for the sake of God. Then you need to ask, where's your faithfulness? St. Paul reminds us in James 2.26 that faith without works is dead. We need to fill that jar every day. But then we need to get out of God's way. For such a long time along my journey, I feel like that's what God was saying to me every day. Judy, please get out of my way. Let me be God. (laughs) So I don't know if any of you relate to that. But if we could learn to just fill our jar with our water, which is our love, our nurturing, our teaching, our perseverance, and then step aside. So that Jesus can take what we've poured into our jar out of obedience and submission to the Father's calling for your family. He will bless it, He will change it, and He will make it holy. This is the true essence of surrender. I've heard sayings like, do your best and leave the rest, or let go and let God and all these things are true. But the point is, we do not have a God that is sitting on a throne with a big checklist who's judging our accomplishments each day on how well we got through that homeschooling day. You know, and some days you wake up with the best intention, and for whatever reason, you end up in the midst of chaos, and you're thinking, gosh, what on earth? Where did I drop the ball? What has gone wrong? I can't even hear myself think. The Lord is not sitting up there putting a big red X on that day saying, Well, Judy, you know, well, Candy, well, Lorilla, or whoever. I'm just naming people that I know are usually in the chat room. (laughs) You've really blown it today. He's not doing that. We need to do our best to tend to our family. And love God with our whole heart, mind, and body like Jesus told us to. And then let him be God. And do ever needed to carry out his plan. We cannot function in the midst of chaos. But guess what? He can. Even in the midst of chaos, our Lord is still a God of peace and of perfect order. Police told you at the beginning uh, when we were sharing our greetings that my book, I Surrender, is coming out soon. And um, if you get to the end of your handout, it tells you more about that. It's really about surrendering your day in every aspect of your homeschooling journey, your marriage, your family life, to God, and learning to give that up to him and let him be God and then be spirit-led as we go about our day. A few years ago, my youngest son, Ben, was born. And as I said, he was the sixth child born in seven years' time. And so I learned an important lesson about surrender during those years. And I want you, dear mothers, to know that what you are doing is a mighty and important work. Nobody can replace you. And by being at home with your child, you're being obedient to the Lord's calling as a wife and mother. Whether you're cleaning up messes or wiping away tears or holding a crying infant or sitting with a teen that needs someone to talk to, whether you're just trying to get the laundry done, mopping your floor, We're going over the same math problem ten times so someone can understand it. God does not think this unproductive or menial or useless. He sees it as a beautiful gift that you have offered in the name of his son. And really, it's the way, it's the means by which he can share his love with the world through you. When you are serving your family, you are saying yes to God. He is gentle with you, and you need to learn to be gentle with yourself. If I could, I'd like to read, actually, a little excerpt from the book I Surrender, because I feel it really expresses uh, what my own journey was and how I learned to move past the days where I was too hard on myself, where I was letting that enemy get the best of me. As I found myself in a time where I was very overwhelmed, just a few short years ago, I had given birth to the last six of our ten children. In seven years' time, I was happy, yes, but I was also tired, frustrated, overwhelmed, and very stressed. The beautiful lesson of true surrender came to me through a conversation with a dear friend on a day when I had wanted to plant some flowers. No matter how I tried. I could not find time to take the seeds that had been given to me as a gift and plant them in the soil in my front yard. Our family was in the midst of another very, very serious crisis at this time, and all of us were hurting. Therefore, it was not a time when I could turn to my older children for help because they were simply just doing their best to survive the day. I had reached my limit, and I called one of my best friends on the phone to lament. As the tears began to flow and I released my inner burden, my friend quietly listened. And at one point, I asked her through my sobs, Is this what God really wants from me? Does he really want me to have to give every single one of my moments to this vocation so I literally do not even have one moment to myself just to plant a flower? The silence on the other end of the phone seared straight through my soul. And then in a tender yet firm voice, my friend replied, yes, that is exactly what God wants from you right now. Are you going to give it to him? Are you going to surrender? As my tears continued, she added, I promise you that if you do what God is asking of you now and you surrender all of your time to him in caring for your babies, he will give it back to you tenfold in his way according to his plan. And in his time. That conversation changed my life, and my wonderful friend had taught me what it truly means to surrender. And in fact, that conversation was the impetus for the whole book. From that moment forward, my soul resolved to give all to Christ in my homeschooling day. I understood then what God wanted of me. He wanted all of me, every single moment of every single day. But He had a plan. And at that particular place in time, his plan was such that I was not to have free personal time. He was calling me to give of myself in such a way that I never had before, and it required every moment of my time. And once I grasped that concept, I was happy to give it to him. My friend was right. Right now, the book is about to be made public in two weeks. I'm sitting here online talking with all of you. I never could have done this. A few years ago, I wouldn't have had the time. My youngest child is now four years old, and not only did I survive those busy baby days, but they became the most wonderful, joyful, and sacred days of my life. God has given all of that time back to me, just like my friend said he would, to do the things I long to do, and then some. And I want you to know that you too can know the beauty and freedom that true surrender brings, if you open your heart and embrace the state in life where God has you right now, in this moment, whatever that is, whether you're busy caring for a newborn, whether you're juggling a job outside your home and trying to homeschool, if you're struggling in a marriage that has been damaged and is hurting, if you're persevering through a serious health crisis, you're just praying that you're going to make it through those teen years with your children, or if you're digging in that coin jar between paychecks just to make ends meet and put milk in the refrigerator, he has blessed you with this time among friends tonight. And hopefully you will gain a better understanding of the blessings that lie ahead for you if you surrender and give all to Christ. I had the opportunity to go on a retreat a few years ago. And one of the things the retreat master said to me was that the most difficult thing that we have to surrender is our own misery. And at first that kind of took me aback and I thought, well, I don't really get where he's coming from. Nobody wants to be miserable. But then he expounded on it and it made perfect sense. The most difficult thing sometimes that we need to let go of in our homeschooling journey is our self-pity. It's our fatigue. It's the whining and the complaining that sneaks in on us. I often tell my kids that a thankful heart is a joyful heart. Have you ever noticed that gratitude and joy go hand in hand? If you show me someone who's really thankful for their blessings and mindful of the things God gives them, they're usually a very joyful person. By the same token, if you, you know, have a kind of cranky, cold-hearted person in your life, if you dig deep enough, there's usually a little bit of ingratitude going on there somewhere. So we need to think back to the jars and the water with which we are filling them. Our water is our love. It's our joyful disposition. It's our cheerfulness and our service and our faithfulness to God's Word. When you give, in a time that you feel you have nothing left to give, then you are filling your jar. A friend of mine's husband once said to me that true giving only starts when you feel like you have nothing left to give but give anyway. And I often ponder that. He was a very wise man. The good news is that each day is like a new jar. And every moment in that day at home with your children, brings you an opportunity to fill your jar. There's nothing that we can do, whether it's our personal faults or our sin or wrongdoing, that can empty our jar. Nothing empties our jar. Once we fill it, it's filled. And we must remember that we serve a mighty God and one drop of water, which in our analogy is one effort, done in love for God is enough for Jesus to make beautiful wine for your family. So when you're struggling and you feel you can't go on, don't be hard on yourself. When you push forth and you go on anyway, you are filling your jar. The best thing about our fellowship is that God allows us to help each other fill our jars with prayers I keep a holy hour each Thursday morning. I have a great opportunity to go with my children and pray before the Blessed Sacrament on Thursdays. And I often pray for you, for the moms from Mommy's Dammy Night at Ultimate Homeschool Expo. Sometimes I pray in a general way, asking God to just bless all the people that gather with us on Tuesday nights. And sometimes, very often, I pray specifically for different moms in the chat room that have expressed a need. When we do that, when we pray for each other, we are helping that weary mom fill her jar when she can't fill it herself. I'm so thankful that I've had this time to share with you tonight. And I hope that you'll keep these thoughts and ideas in your head as you go throughout your week. Remember to just fill the jar in Jesus' name will make the wine. I ask God to bless each and all of you in your daily family life journey. And I hope that you will learn to be more gentle with yourself and just fill the jars with love and he will make the wine. In closing, I'd like to invite you all to visit our website and put your name on our ever-growing waiting list for I Surrender. It's due out in a couple weeks. And we have offered everyone that's on the list a little extra gift with the holidays coming soon. It's a six-holiday e-menu planner, and it includes shopping lists and craft ideas and great ideas for bringing your children alongside you in the kitchen for six different holidays. And that's our free gift to those who will get on the waiting list and buy the book when it comes out. So we hope you'll do that. And in the meantime, I thank you all for all that you do that inspires me and encourages me in my journey. And I hope that you have found blessing in our gathering tonight. And I'll turn things back over to Felice now and hopefully see you guys at the party. Those prizes sounded great. Hey,
1: Judy. That was wonderful. And there were um a lot of uh truth in what you said and one of the questions that um is being asked is do you ever lose it? And if you don't then how do you keep from losing it with your family and and so
2: forth? <laughs> I think maybe I should go down and get my husband let him in. <laughs> yes. yes, of course I lose it. Of course I you know that's why I chose to read the one excerpt that I read from the book because on that particular day, I mean it sounds pretty calm the way I was reading it to you tonight, but in act in the reality of that situation, I was in my bathroom sliding down the wall. <laughs> sitting on the floor, sobbing so much that I'm amazed my friend even understood what I was trying to say to her. So, yes, I do lose it, and, you know, when I lose it, I pull myself back up, and often I will just go to a favorite picture, actually, that I have hanging in my dining room of Jesus, and I'll just stand there, and I'll say... You know, please help me. I'm ready. You told me that you would make up where I'm lacking, and you told me you would give me every grace I need and pour it down upon me now because I'm having a hard time just getting through this day. So that's the whole message of this talk tonight, Felice, is that, yes, I lose it. But when we lose it, that doesn't mean we're a bad mother. It doesn't mean that we're a bad homeschooling instructor. And it certainly doesn't mean that our children shouldn't be at home with us. It just means that we're the servants and we can never pour wine. All we have is water. But we have a great God that loves us. And in those moments when we lose it, if we only will remember to just turn to him, he'll help us through it.
1: That's a wonderful analogy that you made, and I love, you know, where you said that, and I'm looking at the chat room, and Candy's also saying, you know, make up where I'm lacking. And that's what we have to remember, um, you know, and I had a hard hard day today. I had uh, several weeks off, and it's always difficult. Um, I came back from being away on a business trip to then going away on a family trip, and both of those back-to-back um it was difficult to come back late last night and then face the household and the laundry. And, of course, my children did recommend that we not homeschool today. But, of course, we, in my mind, had to homeschool. I even brought books on our trip on the way home and sat with them in, in the back and read. And um, and so, you know, there are some expectations that we have on ourselves and on our family that sometimes are very, very difficult for our families, and, you know, now in retrospect, we should not have attempted school today, but we did, and so there was a lot of, you know, difficulties in some situations, and, you know, I I felt really, really guilty that I lost it with my youngest, who very rarely gets in trouble, and, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it's really, you know, hard to forgive yourself when you, you know, kind of get upset with your kids, and, You know, I I said to my son, I said to him later, you know, I was able to ask for forgiveness. And that's just such a blessing that we as Christians can do that, you know, and even with our children, and that's so important. And, um, you know, it's not so much that, you know, we we feel like we've let our families down and we failed God and... And, you know, and my son said, Mom, I know you're not superhuman, but it was, you know, it just <laughs> made me even feel more guilty. <laughs> but, but I know that that's not from the Lord. You know, guilt isn't, but it's still difficult, um, you know. And, and it ties in, you know, my question kind of ties in with um, one that's being asked by another mom in the chat room, you know, what is the first thing that you do when you reach your limit, you know, with so many kids, um, it, it says, I don't think you could just run into your prayer closet immediately, <laughs> you know, and pray. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do you have any advice for those who have any, um,
2: you know, just um, some wisdom there? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do is literally go into my room and pray. And sometimes, I'll, you know, I'll tell the kids, um I'm I'm so sorry. Like you said, you apologized to your son. Children are so forgiving. And I I think that's good. I I really think that's good, Felice, in a family life journey, that your son does see your weak points at some times, because otherwise they might be given a false message that there's a standard of perfection they're supposed to be reaching. But think of how beautiful it is when they see their mom you know, a a dynamic mom like you that, you know, has a business and homeschools children and you have grandchildren and you help other people get their businesses started and he sees you make a mistake and then he sees you apologize for that mistake, that's a beautiful lesson that you're teaching your son. Then when he makes a mistake, he learns from your humility that God's not expecting him to be perfect, or that you're not expecting him to be perfect. But when I reach my limit, like the moms are asking, you know, sometimes, very often, I turn to my children in that moment. You know, that's why I'm so thankful that I do have eight here at home for me, because there is always a hug right within my little bubble (laughs) that I can reach out for. When I reach my limit, I'll just turn around to the nearest kid and say, Can I have a hug? Mommy really needs a hug. And sometimes I'll cry in front of them and they'll sit with me. One of the main things I do if I get to that point where I feel like I reach my limit is I stop school altogether, whether it's for that day, whether it's for the rest of the week whether it's for two weeks, if I feel like I have reached that point where I'm not functioning in a healthy way or I just feel desperate or like I'm headed toward despair, and, yes, I have felt all those things, just like you guys, I will stop school. I will put it on hold. And I learned that my husband is the one that shared that with me years ago. He said, you know, you could probably not do any academic. For two years, and our children are still going to be okay. The important part of this journey, the main part, is our family life and our life in Christ. And sometimes I set those academics aside, and I know my children are still learning. We're still reading stories every day. We'll take more walks. We'll play more games. But you just need to let yourself do that. You need to give yourself a breather until you can regroup and refresh so that's that's what i do i'd love to hear what everybody else does <laughs> yeah
1: that's wonderful well we'll we will definitely um share that and that's one of the wonderful things about these events is that we do have um our facebook party following um very shortly and that way we can share some ideas back and forth and here's one more question um before we go over there, and it says, How do you know when you are to be proactive versus letting go and letting God?
2: Wow, that's a great question. How do you know when to be proactive versus letting go and letting God? Well, I think I think we're always letting go and letting God. Um, like the stories that we were reading about you know, there's a difference between persisting in prayer. So when this, when this mom is saying proactive, I'm not sure if she's talking about when you're praying for a certain intention or, you know, when you're trying to create results, there's a difference there. And if you're talking about trying to create results, then we're treading on that thin line again. I think that the word proactive needs to mean that you just keep filling your jar. You know what I'm saying? That being proactive means that we are connecting with God every day and we are doing our best to the way that we feel spirit-led in that moment. And then we let go and let God for the rest of it. You know, sometimes we, we do our best. And, you know, we'll look at the person down the road or at the co-op or at the homeschool group or at church, and they have done X, Y, Z. And they have this beautiful result that you can see, and you have done X, Y, Z. And your life is a mess, and your family's a mess, and you can't think straight, and you're running in ten directions at once. And you think, well, we both did X, Y, Z. Why am I such a mess? That's where you let go and let God. That's where we need to believe that. Okay, if she's done X Y Z and I've done X Y Z, and we have such two different results, this has to be part of God's plan for my journey. And that's 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 how I would answer that. Proactive means keep praying, and keep loving, and keep trying. Beyond that, is letting go and letting God.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. And. And I think with that, Judy, we'll conclude. So go ahead and give them your website again, where they can find more information Mm -hmm. about you, your ministry, and your book.
2: Okay, great. We're at Homeschool Faith and Family Life, and you can visit us at www.thebestofhomeschoolfaithandfamilylife.com, and we would love to see you there.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much again for joining us tonight, and um, I appreciate you taking the time to share with us, and we will be talking to you soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast apps look for the ultimate homeschool radio show to keep up to date with all our wonderful podcasts for a special subscriber printable pack as well as all our timely freebies join our email list on the ultimate homeschoolradionetwork.com